This week in a bit on the sport blokes. Over the next 1.71428 weeks, we present the 12 days of sport blokes based on the Christmas banger from 1780. Starting with Christmas presents today and culminating with music in sports. No awards for guessing nine ladies dancing. Let's go. Merry Christmas, Chewy. It's not Christmas, it's 20, yeah, it is. the 22nd of December. No, no. Yes, of course, it's not quite Christmas time yet at time of recording. It's currently 2.33 on Friday, the 22nd of December, 2023. But by the time we release this, you'll be on a plane to Bali to meet up with one of our great mates who, funnily enough, appeared in episode 150 to talk about being a member of the Oslo Crows in AFL Europe. Yeah, that's the episode we raised the bat sheepishly. Yeah, cause yeah. Because we forgot what you do for 150s. <laughs> So greetings to you wherever you may be, wishing you and yours a happy and safe festive season. Welcome to what's a bit of an ambitious project here, the 12 Days of Sport Blokes. We know that around this time of year is often when a lot of people stop podcasting and take holidays, and it's fair enough, you've got to take them sometime. But ironically, it's also the time of year that most people have a little bit more free time and are actually crying out for more entertainment or for something to listen to. This time of year can also be a bit lonely for some people too, so it's nice to be able to give them content. Absolutely. And I guess in lieu of actual entertainment, we just thought we'd put some podcasts together. <laughs> try, try and come up with something for you. Yes, that's right. We've decided to release something for the next 12 days to help get you through. Now, we've got a whole variety of topics, some serious, some silly. Some episodes will be a bit longer. Some will be quite snappy. Never fear if one of these topics doesn't tickle your fancy. Please still be sure to come back and check out the next one because that might. And yes, also after nearly 180 episodes, we'll have our very first clip show too. But it's a best of, so we'll hopefully give you a good laugh. Look out for that in the coming days. Actually, one of the things I did want to just quickly touch on that you mentioned is that some of these episodes will be very snappy. They're not going to be our usual hour and 30. No, God, no. Yeah, some will be like (laughs) 10 minutes. Trying to do 12 of those back to back to back would be an absolute nightmare. Yes, we're stupid, but we're not that stupid. Mm. Yes. So please see the links in the description. We've provided some playlists for our previous Christmas episodes, as well as our interviews and collaborations, choke specials, NBA redraft, all that stuff's there. So check out the links in the description. Day one, of course, a partridge in a pear tree. As any of our longtime listeners will know, at the end of July or at the start of August this year, and then in December, we feel generous and giving. This December is no different. Cue those bells, but maybe not the whistles. Shout out to Harry Froling. Ah. It's Christmas. Who's been naughty and who has been nice? We want presents. Now, I dare say we have more nice than ever before, but we'll start with the naughties as we do. And always, disclaimer, it's very half-baked. Maybe quarter baked even. It's it hasn't been in the oven for long at all. And we don't we're just having shits and giggles. We don't actually give the presents out to people. So if anyone's listening that we promise a present, so you're not actually probably gonna get it. No. Unless it's free. Yes. Even then, probably not. No, probably not. Anyway, okay. So we got to start with some basketball, Chewie. Our first recipient, I wonder if you actually know about this one, is former Knicks employee Ikechukwu Azatam. Hopefully I said that right. Bless you. ESPN reported, and I quote, the complaint accused former Knicks employee, I'm not saying his name again, who worked for the Knicks from 2020 to 2023, of sending the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, thousands of confidential files, including play frequency reports, a prep book for the 2022-23 season, video scouting files, opposition research, and more after the team began recruiting him to join their organization in the summer of 2023. The Knicks also accused Azatam, who worked for the Knicks as an assistant video coordinator, then as a director of video analytics and player development assistant, of violating a confidentiality clause in an employment agreement 
and alleged that members of the Raptors directed Azatam's actions and or knowingly benefited from his wrongful acts, the Knicks are seeking more than $10 million in damages from the Raptors. Now, if you've been naughty, having to watch all that footage of Nick games is punishment enough, I would have thought. Make them Detroit games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. yeah, no, Jalen Brunson's been going well. It's uh, it's not as bad in Nick Land as it once was. No, no they're actually doing quite well. For yeah, well, what do we give him? As I said, make them watch all the <laughs> Detroit. Yeah, fair make, make them work for the Pistons and follow them around the 22 games. <laughs> yes. At time of recording, the Pistons are on a 25 game losing streak. They will probably break the record. Yes. I dare say they're probably looking at the worst season of all time. It let's is... let's send him there. That's a good present. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, I'm led to believe the weather in Detroit's not particularly great this time of year either. So yeah, it's cold in the D. There is your punishment. Boy, get a cold D in the D. Uh, well, yes, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just referring to an obscure video clip that Beavis and Butthead watch. Oh. It's so cold in the D. I oh, know it's very obscure and random. Yeah, yeah. I was actually Father thinking... Ted, Beavis and Butthead, Simpsons. I was actually bring it in. Thinking back to that guy from the one of the previous episodes we did, who oh, the skier, who, yeah, who froze froze his willy. Yes, he did have a cold D. He did who have we got next, Shui? Well, we've got Jack White, or perhaps more accurately, Jack. Bite on for allegedly getting the Chompers stuck into opponent Tyson Gamble in the Knights elimination final of the Raiders in September. So, yeah, so it goes back a little while to the NRL. Yeah, I, this is one that I actually hadn't seen, to be honest. I know Jack Whiten's quite a, a quality player, so pretty, uh, pretty disappointing, let's be honest. Yeah, and actually Klein, the ref, asked if there was a bite, and he just replied, there's a bite, he bit me. It's good, to, so, to the point. So what do we give Jack Whiten, a uh, Jack Whiten? <laughs> some fluoride treatment that's president biting to you yeah <laughs> yeah some fluoride maybe you know those false teeth things oh they run across the table yeah. Yeah, I like it. yeah a bit novel yeah but, uh, well he is naughty he doesn't get too good at present no that's fair a little yeah. uh, three dollar reject shop yeah sort of i thing. like it i like it yeah yeah he can have that yeah all right nice we've uh got a very special recipient coming up next yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo over an NFT scandal with cryptocurrency exchange Binance, the largest crypto exchange in the world. Is That's the company that you get when you trade Larry Nance Jr. Binance, oh, bring on the holidays. What did I say about quarterback? All right, so Ronaldo joined forces with Binance in November of 2022, and the NFTs in question were based on his CR7 brand, which references his initials and shirt number. Makes sense. Now, ranging from starting prices of $77, ranging all the way up to $10,000, the NFTs depicted animated versions of some of Ronaldo's most recognizable moments in his career. Prices have plummeted, though, with some of those $77 ones now valued at $1. Nice. The plaintiffs said in the lawsuit that they were seeking a sum exceeding $1 billion US for deceptive and unlawful promotion of a product that led them to costly investments. Binance itself has previously been ordered to pay the US Department of Justice $4.3 billion in penalties and forfeitures for operating as an unregistered securities exchange. And CEO Champeng Zhao resigned from the firm after pleading guilty for failing to prevent money laundering through their services. So Binance are maybe the, uh, you know, maybe a bit there. I heard they rebranded to Buy Binance. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. i got to say, though, we talked about NFTs before. Like, if you've got NFI and you're going to fork out money for NFTs, you kind of deserve to be burned. 100% you do. Like, why, why the fuck should $1 billion lawsuit? Yeah, exactly. I don't know about this one. No, I think this but is... Who gets the present here? Who's been naughty here? Uh, we haven't thought this through. Yeah, but... it's unusual. No, look, it's uh, it's one of those things, I guess. Yeah, we 
the present probably needs to go to everyone involved, doesn't it? Yeah. Finance for Dummies book? Yes, I like it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. Investments for Dummies. Yes, yeah, yeah, inv- yeah. yeah, one of those books. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe both. Dummy books for dummies. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. oh dear. Who we got next? So up next, we've got the Laureus World Sport Awards for disrespecting Aussie women's cricket, not just this year, but every year since they've included an award for the team of the year since 2000. Yes. Holy crap. Nearly 25 years. Yeah. So the Laureus World Sports Awards recognise some of the world's most impactful performers. Nominees included in 2023 the World Cup winning Argentinian men's football team, the England's Lionesses and Red Bull Racing, but not the Aussie women's cricket team. Now, just to give you an idea of how dominant they are, their recent T20 win over South Africa was their ninth title from the last 14 tournaments. They've been runners-up twice and semi-finalists in the five other tournaments they didn't raise the trophy. They last lost the test in 2014, Mm. nearly a decade. They've won 113 from 134 completed World Cup games since 2000, producing a win record of over 84%. They have an unbeaten rate of 79% across 424 fixtures since the inception of the awards. And they're currently on a 15-game winning streak in one-day international cricket and have an undefeated streak in T20 internationals of 28. Now, for the record, the Aussie blokes won in 2002 after the year they extended their record test-winning streak to 16 and also winning a home Ashes series. And they were also nominated in 2004 and 2008, while the English blokes were the last cricketers to be nominated in 2012 but what about the poor ladies? Very disrespected. To be fair, though, the Red Bull team do some pretty fancy stuff in planes and they jump from high places and stuff. Like, I think that's motorsport, actually. Oh, okay. I think Red Bull racing. Oh, know. racing, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in, that, in, that, well, in that case, they drive around for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Televised traffic, as David yeah. Mitchell calls it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, so what do we give Laureus? They've been very naughty here. Uh, KO subscription, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's probably yeah. the best place to check out the Aussie women's team and how fucking dominant they are. Yeah, no kidding. Get your act together, Laureus. Yeah. Not good enough. Oh, we got a funny one next, Shui. We do. We do. Who's naughty this time? Well, it's the NBA in general. So going back as far as I can remember, we've always had the opportunity to cast our votes for who we think should be the All-Stars. I remember going down to Whitford City Shopping Centre Footlocker and filling in our little cards with our little pencils. Yeah, absolutely. Now, unfortunately, Paddy Mills appears... Well, it's not unfortunate that Paddy Mills appears on the voting slip. It's unfortunate that he appears as Wesley Matthews. Yeah. They don't even look similar. They're not even remotely... They both have dreadies at some point. Well, I guess maybe their hair, maybe, I guess. It's pretty average, though, unfortunately. And, I mean... I guess the other way you could look at is why are either of them on the voting slip? Yeah, I know. Well, everyone's on the slip. Like, isn't it? But, stop, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not even getting minutes. Yeah. I did notice that Luke Cornett was on the same area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last thing we need is people jumping instead of closing out to try and contest shots. Like, just That's worthy of an all-star berth. Yeah, it really is. What do we give him? Uh, glasses would be one. Uh, I mean... You, you... Well, maybe just some photo books. Yeah. They, I mean, something as simple as that. We could give him... Does Paddy Mills have a... Autobiography, yeah. Well, there's that book written by Body Nodge. There you go, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm getting it for Christmas, actually. Ah. I think I might be. Yeah, right. Maybe. Good Christmas. Well, actually, by now, I would know, because it's the 25th. Did you get it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. 
Let's move on. All right. So keep that laughter going because we're up to our naughty and nice and we've got a bit of a tongue-in-cheek one here. So our next recipient is the young kid who held up a sign at a recent Tottenham Hotspurs versus Nottingham Forest directed at Brazilian striker Richarlison. Now the sign read in both languages, English and Portuguese, Richarlison, my mum prefers a Brazilian to a forest. Oh, that's uh, that's very clever. He was a very young kid, though. He could barely get his head above the pole. I think I think the present he needs is therapy once he understands oh, what the fucking sign means. I reckon his mum's written that to Richarlison trying to get. Um, oh, absolutely, she has. Absolutely, she has. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like yeah, little Jimmy just go in the other room while mum, uh, yeah, uh, mum. plays ball with Richarlison. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a really a really uh, dodgy pun when it comes to see Richarlison. Richarlison son and Richarlison mum. Yeah. See if Richarlison can score. Yeah, well, exactly. I think he did in the match, actually. I think he might have. Yeah. Oh, if it's the, most, re- one. If it's the yeah. most recent one, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he turned one home from like a yard out. Probably one of the easiest goals he'll ever get. But yeah, no, we can't top therapy for the poor kid. Because oh, once course. he understands, no one wants to think about like, their mum screwing like, some oh, soccer player. God, I wingman for my mum's. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Who we got next? So the next recipient is Aussie San Francisco 49ers punter Mitch Wisnowski. He was naughty by not obeying a play call, but pretty nice for turning it into a first down and more on a very recent 30-yard dash in a win against Seattle. Not many punters run for 30 yards. Pretty impressive. I would love to know what the longest run is yeah, good. Yeah. from a punter. It's a good question. But it's one of the I'm surprised he didn't have a bounce on the way through. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been tempting. Yeah, he's from WA actually. Lumen Christie College. Yeah. There you go. Gosnells. Yeah. Anyway, so I quote, I just winged it. I sort of looked and saw that the whole rush team had crushed down on the protection and it was open. So I just ran. Now, what makes it more particularly nice is that he clocked up a top speed of 20.13 miles per hour. And according to Next Gen Stats, it's the fifth fastest ball carrier speed reached by a punter since 2016. Interesting. Yeah. Now, sadly, it was called back. Due to an illegal block in the back penalty. Oh, dear. No Kadarius Tony lining up offside. Deary, deary, mate. Yeah. I have to say, I certainly hope that that boy's mum with Richarlison crushed down on the protection. What do we give Mitch? Uh, yeah, sorry, I've just completely derailed my train of thought with that one. <laughs> uh, what do we give him? Yeah, uh, p- probably better blocking, I guess. You know, people, yeah. People that can block without drawing a flag. Yeah. Those bloody wide receivers. Bloody wide receivers. Yeah. Speaking of which, Cooper Cup. Spe- speaking of which, that not good enough today. That boy's mum might have been a wide receiver. Just the you know, keeps on I'm giving. I'm so sorry. Now I'm giving you another basketball one here. Who have we got next, Shui? Yeah, the bloke in the crowd who helped out Dayan Vasiljevic after he suffered cramp in a recent 36ers game at Melbourne United. Now I actually saw this live. Did you see this? I did. What did you make of it? Because I actually he was kind of wearing all black, and I actually thought he was a Melbourne United staffer. I didn't realise he was a fan. I just assumed he was a part of the United Medical stuff. Isaiah Lee Staffer. Sorry, just when you said Staffer, it just reminded me of Isaiah Lee Arthur. Look, it's one of these things. He is actually a qualified physiotherapist from what I understand. I read yes. I read a comment from a girl who actually said, that's my dad. Yeah, right. He's probably go. more qualified to do that than most people on those staffs. So it actually... I don't know. It, it's a very dangerous line because obviously you don't want somebody just going, well, I'm not a physiotherapist, but I know how to stretch out a cramp. Well, that's right. Because I played football in yeah. Division 12. Yeah. This guy obviously has all of the qualifications and then some. You know, he's probably been doing it for quite a while. So so it is like it's great that he was able to do it. And as soon as the staff from the 36s came over, he went straight back to his seat. So 
in that regard, he probably hasn't really done much wrong. But at the same time, the league doesn't want fans interacting with players in a physical nature. That's right. And I'll read that statement in a moment. So you, you didn't think it was... because oh, I was amazed. Like Some people came out and said, oh, the league shouldn't have said anything. They should let it go through to the keeper. I don't agree with that at all. No. Like Even if you have good intent... It's not something you should be doing. You shouldn't be jumping up and touching players, even if you're trying to. And plus, he was probably a Melbourne fan. Yeah. Five on four fast break. Yeah. Let him yeah. sit there. I was holding him. Let him cramp up. No, he probably pressed it the wrong way. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It's not like somebody in the stadium or someone from Adelaide was like, oh my God, is there a doctor in the house? Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, I, it's one of these things where, look, good on him for, I guess, he probably felt like he was doing the right thing. So, well, I'm he would have, and I think it was very instinctual. I think he just jumped up. I yeah. don't even know how much he thought about it. Yeah, well, he was up in an instant. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably right. But anyway, I'll let you read the statement. That yeah. So the NBL released a statement: Our VIP and courtside seats put fans right amongst the action and get them closer to the game than in any other sport. But with that access comes the expectation they remain in their seats and stay off the court. We acknowledge in this case there was a very special set of circumstances in that the patron, a physiotherapist, saw a person in front of him in pain and wanted to help, which is admirable, but we have professional medical staff with each team to perform those duties and for obvious reasons. We can't have spectators entering the court during live play, no matter what the circumstances. I agree 100%. And we'll also say that there is a slightly bit of an extenuating circumstance in that Adelaide were at the other side of the court. Yes. So... For him doing that for a few seconds, basically saying, I'm going to sort you out until your staff members get across. Yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? And I like the fact that the league have actually put in there saying, like, it's admirable. That yeah, they, yeah. That They've acknowledged that. Yeah. yeah, he did a great job. He wanted to help. We appreciate that. Thanks, but no thanks. What do we give him as a present? Are we giving a seatbelt. Are we giving... <laughs> A straight jacket. I mean, paid vacation. Yeah. But yeah. I, I was going to say, if anything, what we could do as a present is give Dayan Vasiljevich a salt tablet. Because that'll stop the... That'll it's stop, pretty salty. It'll stop pretty salty about yeah. those travel... Uh, yeah. Well, he obviously needs his salt levels to be rejuvenated, and that's why he's cramping up. So yeah, yeah. we give Dayan some more salt, he'll stop cramping up. And and I'm sure there's some Krampus joke in here too. Krampus, yeah. Krampus. <laughs> that's Christmas related. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Man, so, man, Krampus is a scary motherfucker. Krampus is scary, yeah. It just petrifies children into doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah not dissimilar to religion, really. Is that Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> Grampus's his grandpa. You're a good kid, you bastard. There'll be no presents. Piss off. Uh, all right, our nice list. Now, as I said, it's a bit longer than usual. We've got some doozy cricket nices. We do, we yeah. do. So the next person on the, the nice list is 10-year-old Sri Lankan Selva Sakharan Risha Yudhan. Good work. Eight, eight wickets for zero runs <laughs> off 9.4 overs in his under-13 Division 2 match. It's a 10-year-old in under-13. Yes. I know when we used to play like seniors as 15 year olds and I felt like I was 10. Oh yeah. Cause they were yeah, so yeah. bigger than us. Oh, of course. So for a guy at, Stronger, that, yeah. at that age and, and this bowling performance actually helped them defend a score of 126. They demolished their opponents to be all out for 28. This is incredible. And, and look, obviously we've seen it before 10 year olds that do amazing things that don't necessarily translate into being international. No, it doesn't always. But eight for none off 9.4 is definitely something to keep an eye on anyway. And hopefully he'll continue to, to rise up the ranks. Well, that's what I was going to say. I know what our first present is. Put him into Division 1. Yes. <laughs> Division 2. Absolutely. I think he's done enough to get his his uh, nod in Division 1, even if he is younger than the rest of them. He could almost play for Sri Lanka right now. <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, now nah, look, honestly, incredible, incredible result. And yeah, fingers crossed, not just him, but hopefully the rest of Sri Lanka continues to get back to those glory days. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, you know, I, I think as Aussies, I think a lot of us have a very soft spot for Sri Lanka. We have an we have an interesting relationship with Sri Lanka, don't we? Obviously, and I put up that picture of Taylor Swift being no balled by umpire Daryl Hare. Obviously, we've got the Murali thing, and yeah, it's interesting. But you're right. I think a lot of us do have soft spots, and they pack out the MCG quite often. The Sri Lankan fans, which is really great. So yeah. To be fair, Taylor was absolutely taking the piss with that bowling action. Oh yeah, that yeah. was that was way worse. There's than, no way that's legal. Way worse than Murali. Yeah. But no, look, I think for me. My love for Sri Lanka comes from uh, an incredible time in 2011. One of our good friends and I, in, in particular, this one moment we went to a semi-final or a quarter-final, I think it was, Sri Lanka versus England. Sri Lanka won by 10 wickets. We both bought Sri Lankan shirts because we wanted the crowd to be, not think you're English. Not yeah, think you're yeah, English. Yeah. And we were just everyone's friend that day. You know, people wanting photos with us. It was just, it was so lovely. 50 cent seats. Just the best. Yes, thing. yes. The credit card fraud on my card was more than the actual cost of tickets that I put on my card. Mm, oh yeah, dear. but that's right. No, it's not. Well, it's uh, well, yeah, that's true. They're naughty too. They are naughty. Yeah. yeah. So who we got next? So we've got former world number eight. I forgot she got this high actually. Mm. And two-time Grand Slam doubles champion Alicia Mollick for leaving a press conference announcing her as Adelaide International's new tournament director to help a young girl who collapsed unexpectedly on the court behind her. So the young girl was called Jasmine and her fall came after Mollick said she wanted to give back to the SA tennis community in her new role. Well, she immediately gave back. She cut the press conference short, sprinted over to the girl, administered basic first aid, rolling her onto her side to help clear the airway and sat with the teenager until paramedics arrived to transfer her to the hospital. So that's very nice. What do we give her? Doctor's license. Sure, she doesn't. I was going to say uh, front row tickets to the basketball in in Melbourne. Oh yeah, well, yeah. just as long as she doesn't get up and help any players when they cramp up. That's probably more more practical, I yeah. guess, than just making her a doctor when she probably doesn't know a lot of this stuff. Yeah, she knows a little, but she, she probably knows more than we do. Yeah, so there you yeah. go. incredible. We don't have better presence than that, do we? No, we really don't. No. No, let's no. just move on. You put me on the spot here. I got... <laughs> I've got another cricket one for you. You though. do, you do. This is easy too. Yeah, so Queensland third-grade cricketer and skipper of his team, Gareth Morgan, picked up the final six wickets of a match to win in improbable fashion thanks to a quadruple hat-trick in his own words, and I quote, and this is a hilarious way to sum it up, ball one, caught deep mid-wicket boundary, ball two, caught it mid-on, ball three, caught it short mid-wicket, ball four, caught it point, ball five, bold, ball six, bold. Right quote. He's like Glenn McGrath, hey? Who remembers all his wickets? Yeah. <laughs> was, um, I watched the video on Channel 9. Is, and... he, is he autistic? What's What's fantastic is, so they were defending a really low score. He thought they were going to lose for sure. And looking at the scorecard with all those ducks is quite remarkable. He put himself on to bowl because he didn't want one of the young guys to have to concede the winning runs. Right. I didn't. So that makes that. him even nicer. He was falling on his sword as captain to what he thought was concede the losing runs or the winning runs for the opposition. Mm. And instead he pulled out this, this just miraculous performance. And what's amazing is, speaking of 10-year-old players, when he was 10, he once took five wickets in five balls when playing in Sydney. Wow. I know, right? Gareth Morgan, get him in the BBL. Isn't he English? He can play for the English cricket team. I'd say, of course. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> is that his present? Yeah, he could be the captain of the English cricket team now. Morgan's do well. Fair enough. There you go. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm sure Broad would love playing with him, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
Looks like we've got a duo coming up next. We do. So they were nice. Nina Kennedy and Katie Moon, who agreed to share pole vault world championship gold after a grueling final jump off in Budapest. So as a result, Kennedy has become Australia's first women's pole vault champion. Both jumpers had cleared the same height of 4.9 metres, an Australian record for Kennedy, before they each failed to clear three attempts at 4.95. I quote, Katie is the world champion. She is the Olympic gold medalist. I didn't think she would want to share it. I thought we might need to keep jumping. But I kind of looked at her and said, hey, girl, you maybe want to share this. And the relief you could see on her face, you could just see on my face it was mutual. So there you go. And this is similar to, we've talked about a few of these stories over the years. Wasn't it called the Friendship Medal in one of, or something? There was in the really early Olympics, there was, I can't remember. There what. was one in the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. Yes, there was. Yeah, we so, talked about yeah, that. Yeah, Gianmarco Tamberi and Mutaz Bashim, who shared the high jump after, yeah, not being able to be split. And just the reaction, there's a very humorous photo that looks like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, there's a photo of them uh, cuddling and it looks like they're copulating. Yeah, the split second of the photography was... Uh, not was, great. Yeah, yeah. Not great. But we, we have, we've seen this where it's one of these ones where it's almost cruel for somebody to have to lose one of those. They've both performed at such a high level for so long it's very hard to split. And so to be able to go out and say, right, you're both world champions, you're both gold medalists, whatever it happens to be, incredible. Is it something you'd do? I'm sure I asked you this question last time we talked about it. 100% I would, yeah. It's one of these moments that will get talked about in Olympic folklore or... This is an Olympics, but yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of these things that gets talked about in 40 years' time. At the 2060 Olympics, which will probably be in, I don't know. Well, if it was cricket, it would be in India. In but... Mars or something, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Because yeah, um, yeah. we'll all be living on Mars by then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's the sort of thing where they'll go, yeah, let's go back to 2021 and this amazing sportsmanship moment. Because it's, yeah, sportsmanship is is great. And as much as it's cutthroat and we want to win. No, it's nice. The human side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Opportunities yeah. like that to be human. Yeah, it's just incredible. Well put. Who we got next? Uh, we're not giving her a present. Ah. Not... Oh. We didn't give him a present. Well, what pre- when you've already won gold, what presents do you need? Yeah, Plat- you're right. Uh, platinum. Yeah, okay. We'll get them future gold. We'll just get them platinum. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's give her a gold at the next Olympics. Yeah. That'd be nice. Platinum in abundance. There we yeah. go. Who we got next? So we've got Australia's Laura Eneva, who broke the world record for the largest wave surf by a woman after paddling in, snagging a monster 13.3 meters, which is 43 and a half feet in hawaii that, that's an incredible break and it's important to to mention here that different to people that are like jet skied onto a wave because they have higher records in fact i've actually got some info here oh go on so the largest wave ever caught is held by germany's sebastian studner studner who in october 2020 rode a wave measuring 26.21 meters in portugal he was jet skied in though didn't paddle in so that's that's something to keep in mind. The previous record was 12.8 metres. So she's beat it by a decent margin there. Uh, take that, Andrea Moller. Yeah. Got some quotes there. Yeah. So she said, when I took off, I looked down the face and realised it was the biggest wave I'd ever been on. That's when I told myself I had to make it to the bottom, focus, hold on, and ride the wave. And basically try not to shit yourself. Quite <laughs> yeah, right no there. kidding, right? Yeah. Once you go, you can't pull back. It felt like an eternity dropping down that wave. I looked up and saw the heights of the wave coming down on me. It exploded on me. That's a really sexual sentence. Wow. Sorry. Uh, I was underwater getting thrashed around, but I had a smile on my face. I couldn't believe what I'd just done. At that point, I would have been panicking that I was going to Oh, mate. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, she does it as a profession. But but still, mind you, sorry to go on a tangent. Please. There's a 
documentary on Netflix about deep diving. So there's a um, basically this contest where people try and free dive down as far as they can, retrieve a little tag to say that they've made it as far as they thought they would, and then come back up all in one breath. And some of these records, you know, they're getting down to like a hundred plus meters Yikes. on a single breath. And uh, there were these guys that like go deep sea diving, some culture. Oh, there would be. Yeah, and they I, do, do they compete in these events because they. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But this this was uh, basically a documentary around sort of that and some of the other things they do around the world, and, was, and that just reminds me of of that sort of stuff and just how horrifying terrifying the the sea can be oh very brave mm. I, I don't want to go more than five meters out generally if i'm swimming oh, yeah i'm um yeah ankle <laughs> basically ankle debt so what do we give it surfing ones are always half because we don't really know surfing very well uh dinner with kelly slider yeah fair enough that's that's that sounds good that's it yeah nath i believe we've got one more pool of winners Yes, that's true. So as we do every time, a massive thank you to our nice guests since our last Christmas episode. Alex Loughton, Woody for joining me to dissect all things post-Cricket World Cup in episode 173. And then, of course, when he had his offsider at Throwback Hoops, Robbie joined us for the 1993 redraft episode in episode 168. We had a lot of fun with that one. Then also, now they didn't appear recently they did appear prior to july we normally just do it in the six month period or so but a very special thank you also to bo estes liam santa maria and casey frank who provided us with some great draft coverage in episode 167 as well we kind of you know we milk our our guests a little bit so we've got to say thank you again even though we did thank them in our last and then last but not least you whether you're a first-time listener, a long-time listener, or somewhere in between, thank you so much for continuing to support us by listening and interacting with us on social media. I have to also thank Jump JC on iTunes for his comment. These blokes are no joke. <laughs> now, that comment's actually been there for ages. I actually have a feeling it might be one of our mates. I have a feeling I might know who that is. But a special thank you to him as well. Thank you to everyone that likes and subscribes, anyone that writes to us, sportblokes at gmail.com, at sportblokes on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you'll enjoy the next 11 episodes over the next 11 days. And yeah, had a lot of fun and continue to do so. Presence. Presence. Yeah. Well, look, I will start off with a very serious present. I think certainly for, for Alex Loughton up in Cairns, we would absolutely love the present to be a very, very speedy uh, recovery after yes. the, the horrible floods up there we've seen some distressing video and photos of rivers and waterfalls just absolutely well well just well past the limits they should be putting up with so certainly for everyone up in cairns and far north queensland we would absolutely love to give the present of a speedy not not recovery peace of mind and, yeah. and just relief yeah. yeah yeah thank you for mentioning that i meant to mention at the top as well one of our friends in Parkerville nearly lost their house yesterday and some really bad fires too. So there is a lot of hard stuff going on and our thoughts do go out to people experiencing these difficult times, whatever they might be. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, I saw something posted on, I think it was either Facebook or Twitter yesterday where they basically said like Australia in summertime, it's either on fire or it's underwater. Yeah. It can be that just way. Unfortunately part of life in Australia, yeah, yeah. but yeah, we certainly wish them a, a very speedy cleanup after all of that. I mean, we saw incredible uh, video footage and photos of these people at a pub. Just everyone had come in in their boats, and they're all. Yeah. And I, I tell you <laughs> so what, Aussie, yeah. I tell you what, I saw someone there with a pint in hand and a cigarette who looked like he was about twelve or thirteen. <laughs> but 
So I think maybe some of the local laws might have been forgotten about given the circumstances, but oh, um, but certainly, you know, you wouldn't begrudge the poor kid a, a dairy and a fight <laughs> just for, uh, for going through all of that. So, yeah, hopefully he's all good. Yeah, geez, I mean, what else What else do we get? No, that's, that's, I think that's, we can end that one then. I think everyone would probably be happy to donate their present on behalf for uh, for Cairns to, yes, indeed, to yeah. get a good little cleanup. Yeah, no, so thank you all for your support and for listening. And as I say, hopefully enjoy the next 11 episodes. Some of them are snappy, some of them are a bit longer. I want presents.